0: Welcome to Against the Wall. I'm Jason Walls. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. We're going to be looking at the markets and we're going to be looking at some news from Uber and Z Energy. Then we're going to be looking at what's happening on the currency headlines as well. Of course, after that, we're joined as always by Andrew Patterson to discuss some of the biggest business and economic headlines of the week. And we'll finish up by talking about the NZX passing the 7,000 mark and will the bull run continue. But first, let's have a look at some of the markets this week, Uber raised a massive $3.5 billion from a Saudi Arabian sovereign wealth fund. Uber says that this will help the ride-hailing service gain a much better foothold in the Middle East. So with this investment, the company is now worth $62.5 billion, which is obviously a massive chunk of cash for the app. But clearly, it has massive potential because with this new round of investments, it makes it the most highly valued venture capital-backed company in the the world. Now, just think three or four years ago, nobody had really even heard of Uber. So that just really cements how amazing and how meteoric this rise of the company is. Now, Uber says it will be investing $250 million in the Middle East where it is growing and it says it's growing aggressively. Now, an interesting point, not sure what it has in context to everything else, but 80% of Uber drivers in Saudi Arabia are female. So it's quite interesting that one there. So this news from Uber follows some quite interesting news from Snapchat last week as well, where it raised $1.8 billion, making the company now worth $17.8 billion. So it seems that these tech companies are really going gangbusters. And of course, these companies that we probably hadn't even heard of three or four years ago are now some of the biggest in the world. So it's really interesting to keep our eye on them in that front. Now, moving back to New Zealand, we had some pretty big news on the New Zealand market this week as well. And that was the New Zealand Superannuation Fund, commonly referred to NZ Super. Now, they sold down their stake in Z energy, so they sold 36.4 million shares at $8.01 a pop. So they got $292 million from this deal. Now NZ Super have reaped a massive $1.1 billion in proceeds from Zed since its initial investment of $200 million back in 2010. Now in those six years, Zed has grown massively and it's actually made its way in December onto the NZX10. So it's one of the top 10 performing stocks on the index. And NZ Super, still holds 1.5% of the company and says it has full confidence in the management and of course this week Zed settled its acquisition with Caltex and Zed's shares have gained 21% so far this year so really big things happening in that company. Now let's have a look at the currency markets and I'm joined by Andrew Patterson and Capital Economics Chief New Zealand and Australia
1: economist Paul Dales. Paul the Kiwi dollar has come back from 70 cents a half cents against the US, now sitting around 67. Do you think this has been a short-term peak for the Kiwi?
2: I would think so, yes. I mean, we've been forecasting that the New Zealand dollar will weaken throughout this year, perhaps to as low as 62 cents or maybe even a little lower. And that's based on our view that the Reserve Bank of New Zealand has probably got more work to do in terms of loosening policy. And up until now... The Kiwi has been resistant, I think, to the Reserve Bank's signals. But our view really is that the Reserve Bank will take this on board itself and perhaps try and talk it down a little bit and perhaps even cut rates further and signal that rates might have to fall below 2% in order to get the Kiwi down a little bit further.
0: So you think Wheeler is going to come out and do a bit of jawboning of the currency?
2: I would think so. I mean, the next week's policy meeting will probably do more than just talk about it. I think they're actually going to cut interest rates again. So, a couple of months ago they cut interest rates to 2.25% and hinted that rates will probably fall to 2%, and I think rates will fall to 2% at next week's policy meeting. So, actions speak louder than words when it comes to the currency markets. So, that should be a very strong sign. That said, most people expect that the reserve bank will cut rates to 2% next week, including the financial markets. So Wheeler does then have to go an extra step if he wants to get the dollar down. And I think that step would be perhaps trying to say more aggressively that the strength of the dollar recently is not appropriate or desirable given the economic outlook. Or perhaps even the Reserve Bank could go the extra mile and suggest that at some point it might have to take rates below 2%, which is certainly what we're forecasting at Capital Economic.
0: Now, I was interested in what you were saying about what the markets were reacting, because if we were to talk about this a month ago, the markets were basically saying it's a done deal. The Reserve Bank will cut in June. However, market pricing has kind of peeled back a little bit since then. So, I mean, despite this, you say that the markets are still favouring a Well, the
2: markets have gone back a little bit. I think the probability is still higher than 50%, as far as I can tell. And to the extent that markets have pared back their expectations, I'm not sure that was really the right thing to do. My understanding is a lot of it's got to do with the house price data and activity data, which has been reasonably strong of late. But I would suggest that that data hasn't been as strong as the RBNZ itself expected a couple of months ago. So whereas some people are thinking that the RBNZ is less likely to cut interest rates to 2% because the housing market has been a bit stronger, I think the RBNZ itself won't see that as a barrier to cutting rates to 2%.
0: Well, it's time to
1: have a look at the business and economic headlines from across this week. And I'm joined, as always, by Andrew Patterson. Jason, a Fed official in the US has told media the global markets appear to be well-prepared, quote-unquote, for a summer interest rate hike. What are you thinking?
0: Well, it's it was inevitable that we'd basically be hearing these sort of comments because as we move closer to the Fed's June meeting, anticipation is riding quite high, and there's, we're seeing more and more news stories come out about what's going to happen. And of, although it's probably not as anticipated as the December hike, which would been telegraphed for a long time, this is still something that's been watched by a lot of people. It was James Bullard, who was the president of the St. Louis Fed, who said that markets were prepared for a summer hike. So he said if, and it's a big if, it goes off, it will do so very smoothly, which is quite an interesting comment given some of the commentary that's gone around the world at the moment in terms of these hikes. So economists have said that strong income growth, together with signs of the economy is picking up steam in the second quarter, could give the Fed the sort of ammunition to raise interest rates as early as the next month. So he didn't actually go into detail which month it was, if it was June or July, but he actually said that, yeah, he made this point that the markets were prepared. But we were talking about this a little bit last week, Andrew, and I'd be interested in getting your thoughts.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose it's a difficult one for trying to you know, second guess the Fed. It seems at the moment that the market is well primed for, for those rates to hike. I suppose we're kind of splitting hairs really deciding if it's going to be um, June or July. But I, I mean, I'm, it looks like a hike is going to happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why he's able to say the market is so prepared, because so many people have just really factored this into their decision. In fact, if you look at the market pricing for a rate hike, it is pretty much a near certainty that it's going to happen. And of course, Janet Yellen has indicated that there would be at least two more this year. I mean, it's at odds about if that will actually happen, but the odds are pretty much, if you're a betting person, to say that there will be at least, at
1: least one hike. So let's talk about the Aussie economy now. It's had some rather impressive GDP figures, uh, a bit of a contrast to where things were a little while ago. Yeah, really impressive,
0: actually. In fact, it showed that for the first quarter, economic growth came in at 1.1%. So that's way ahead of where the market was sitting, and they were forecasting about a 0.8% increase. And it's even further ahead of where the RBA was sitting, and that was at 0. 07 So it's actually quite an optimistic view of the economy coming out here. And that puts annual growth rate up to which is at a a three-and-a-half-year high. So it's really good news for Aussie economists, Aussie policymakers, and of course this is on the eve of the Australian election as well. So of course it's going to put the incumbent with a little bit of a spring in their step before the elections. So, despite this impressive number, there is actually a few downside risks, and of course that comes in the fact in the domestic demand growth, which rose just 0.1% quarter-on-quarter and just 1% year-on-year so that's not looking as good but what actually is looking quite good when you look under the hood is believe it or not the exports now we've been touting for a long time that Aussie exports have been under a lot of pressure because China are demanding fewer and fewer of the Aussie ores but what we've seen and what industry analysts and commentators have been saying about this result is we're seeing that this is essentially the end of the mining investment phase and more of the sort of more to do with the production being taking place and that's quite evident in these numbers we saw that exporting was up 4.4 percent so that's quite good so although market are pricing in kind of a a low probability that the rba are going to cut its rates at its next meeting it's going to be really interesting to kind of see what happens there this week, the NZX passed the 7,000 mark, which is of huge interest and quite a big milestone on the index. And here to walk us through it is Hamilton Hinden Green Investment Advisor Jeremy Sullivan. Jeremy, the NZX passed the 7,000 mark this week. What exactly does that mean? Uh,
3: the 7,000 mark is a, a, a reference to um, uh, the New Zealand index, which is a make, made up of uh, The the capital returns uh, via dividends and also the share price depreciation since implementation in early 2000. Essentially um, New Zealand is rather unique with our index and, and the fact that we account for the dividends which are paid on our stocks. Uh, that that, that differs from from most other indices which just refer to the overall share prices. So if we looked at just the share prices um, and the capital index, we're just marginally above where we were in 2007.
0: Right. So what does it mean that we're above 7,000 in terms of are we doing quite well or?
3: Uh, The New Zealand share market has done uh, very well over the last five years. We're up around 80%. Um, But uh, as I mentioned, it is accumulation of the dividends which are being paid. So um, I, I guess to put it in a simplistic term, if you were to look at um, uh, the rent in which you achieve from a house, the capital index v. the um, gross index, it would be like saying the gross index is not only the value of the house but the rent in which you've had over the past 10 years, for example. So um, yeah, the, the index itself, the capital index, we're only marginally above 4.5% above where we were in May 2007, um, but when you add in the dividends, which New Zealand companies do pay very good dividends compared to other countries around the world, um, that is what we're looking at, what we're recording there is the, is the accumulation of those.
0: So taking this number and, of course, plus the dividends, we get to the 7,000 mark. When was the last time that the NZX was at this level, or has it ever been at this level?
3: Uh, this this is a record for the gross index, um, so it hasn't uh, passed the 7,000 mark before. The gross index was implemented in the early 2000s. Um, the capital index is a, is a true reference of the share prices. Um, and that, that has passed its, um, its peak in 2007, May, by 4.5%.
0: So what are some of the best performing stocks on the NZX at the moment?
3: Uh, a lot of the blue chips are doing very well, um, so the, the likes of Ebos has had a, a very good run. They're a, um, a, a pharmaceutical supply business based out of New Zealand and Australia, um, and they've got a mixture of um, uh, acquisition uh, strategy, which has been growing their earnings quite nicely. So year to date, um, we're looking at a 65% increase um, for uh, Ebos Group. Um, their head office is in, is in Christchurch, but uh, two-thirds of their revenue is now based out of Australia after the acquisition of Symbion Group uh, a few years ago. Um, another one of note, Roman Healthcare, uh, they were trading pretty sideways uh, over the last two years, has broken through that $9 mark and continued onwards um, after their recent record profit announced in May.
0: And earlier in the podcast, I was talking about Z Energy. How well, They had some big news this week. How have they been performing? It looks to be quite well
3: yeah they've had a, a stellar run um, obviously Infantil sold out their stake at uh, at that $6 level not that long ago uh, the new zealand super fund recently selling out as well so a couple of large um, large players selling down their holding um the the acquisition has been approved um to make them the largest uh, retailer and wholesaler of fuel in New Zealand um, and uh, investors have been uh, rewarded for that strategy being pulled off.
0: Right now Jeremy how long do you think this bull run in the New Zealand stock market has likely got left?
3: I think it's got uh, legs Uh, it's um, very likely to to continue on in my opinion rationale for that is if you look at the capital index as I mentioned is only up four and a half percent from where we were nine years ago. Um, uh, the rationale for the capital index um, uh, it's, uh, performance is, hasn't really changed on the background of incredibly low interest rates. We've got KiwiSaver growing at 20-25% per annum, um, uh, and retirees need income. Uh, we've got very good defensive high-yielding stocks that in that mixture. So unless there's a material change in that landscape, I don't think there's going to be anything stopping, stopping that run anytime soon.
0: And what about the prospects of a lower interest rate? Will that have any bearing?
3: yeah the, the interest rates do drive um capital flows obviously higher interest rates make things relatively less attractive if they do go up um There has been some comments that the reserve bank may sit on its hands at the uh at the uh, next announcement, just a bit of a wait and see um and, and if they do decide to do that um then there wouldn't be uh less of a motivation for those yielding stocks but if there were to be an interest rate cut later in the year, then that's just going to make bank deposits lower, term deposits right across the border in that 3% range, which for retirees isn't terribly attractive. And when you're looking at a very large electricity company paying dividends in that, or gross dividends, in that 7% to 11% range, they're still looking very attractive.
0: Well, that's all we've got time for today, but thank you very much for joining me. Make sure to follow me on SoundCloud and Twitter. I'm JasonWalls92. What to look out for next week? Well, the RBA in Australia has its rate decisions, and of course the RBNZ in New Zealand has its monetary policy statement as well. So those are the two big ones to look out for, but thank you very much for joining me. This has been Against the Wall with Jason Walls.